Cal McNelly here. Welcome to Screening for Meaning. Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of Screening for Meaning. Thank you so much for coming back here this week. A very exciting movie to share with you today. We're, of course, talking about Turning Red, Disney Pixar's newest film. And you didn't see it in the theaters because it wasn't the theaters. They just released it directly on Disney+. Plus. So if you're not a big subscriber, you know, if you're not into the subscribing services, then I guess you just don't get to see movies anymore. I guess that's how we're doing it in the movie industry. I don't really like this new development. I like being able to go to the movie theater and see movies and get the popcorn, sit in my nice, relaxing, reclining chair now most movie theaters have. I like that experience, actually, and I'm not sitting at home in my pajamas. Funny story, actually. I was watching this movie on the Metro here in Washington, D.C., which is our uh, subway system, and it happened so much. I was so enthralled in the movie. It was the climax that I missed my stop. I actually missed my Metro stop because I was watching this movie this week. So I just want all the listeners to know how much I sacrifice for you and how much I care about your experience. And I just hope that's appreciated. And I know it is. I'm just kidding. But um, but anyway, we're talking about uh, Turning Red. It's directed by Domi Shi. And like I said, it's animated. And like a lot of Pixar's films, beautiful. I mean, gorgeous. Incredibly captivating. The fur on the big main uh, red panda character is incredible. You know, someone drew that, which is a ridiculous thing about. Incredibly talented, and they deserve uh, recognition there where it's due. I, a quick note on the animation style at Pixar. I don't, I, I think it's beautiful, but I don't particularly like the way it's going. In older movies, and my favorite, I'll be honest, is The uh, Incredibles. It's an old Pixar film. Love that one. It was one I grew up with. But the lines were a lot sharper. They were a lot more angular. There were things that were sharp. In in this movie, everything is round, and everybody has a real fat face, and they have big cheeks, and I don't think it's actually very representative of how people look, and I know they're probably not going for realism. Obviously, there's a giant red panda in the movie. It's not a <laughs> realistic film, and... Uh, I get that for sure, but I just, I, this new puffy, you know, bloated kind of style, it's not my favorite, and I kind of like the sharpness and the angular nature of some of the older films. It might be good for them to bring that back. I don't know. One of my many complaints. I'm not going to uh, give you any more, but let's get into the topics. Okay, so the first thing I want to talk about with this movie is I don't uh, particularly like the uh, narrative and theme. I think the story is interesting, but I don't like the message it attempts to give to kids. I would not, if I was a parent, I'd be very careful about giving this movie, you know, time on your screen at home. I, you know, it's it's obviously your choice as a parent, and and you earn that choice. It's not the kid's choice, and that's important to we'll talk about later. But I th- I think there are some subversive elements to the story. And again, this is a spoiler podcast, so I'm talking about the. Of course, the climax of the movie. So if you don't want to hear the spoilers and watch it yet, please don't listen to a podcast about that movie, obviously. But so 
part of the film is it's kind of, and many critics have talked about this. It's kind of a coming of age story. She's in high school, eighth grade, I think. Um, you know, it's a period in her life where she's going through a lot of changes and both physically, mentally, you know, how she thinks about things, how she thinks about boys, you know, all, all natural things in a young person's life and uh, all very important to their development and how they approach those. And that's obviously a very formative period in most people's lives that kind of begin to really figure out who they are. And in this movie, the main character is all her life. She's been this kind of uh, following her mom's orders, doing very, very well in school, uh, putting off uh, opportunities with her friends and, you know, going to her, her temple. I think it's, uh, it, there's not a, the religion that they have is it's a an, form of ancestor worship. And so, so instead of maybe going to karaoke with her friends, she goes out to uh, her temple at her home and cleans it and does the normal uh, leads tourists through and things like that. Um, so she's very by the book, you know, working hard, getting straight A's, does a great job. And then as the movie progresses, the, the theme is she kind of realizes that her, her parents' rules and stipulations and uh, morals are kind of limiting and she kind of lets herself go and she has to kind of become her own person and eventually the climax of the movie is the main point is she is going to reject the traditions of her family how they got to this point she completely rejects the traditions and the customs of the of her family that has been passed on for several generations we know that we meet the grandmother, but it, it's implied that ever back in the homeland, which I think is implied China, I'm not really sure, somewhere in Eastern, somewhere in Eastern Asia, but it's implied that this is a gen- this is a tradition that's been going on for a very long time. And she, of course, the young, uh, energetic person says, you know what, throw that all away. I'm doing my own thing. I am going to keep my red panda Ability, So that's the ability to change into a red panda when she gets too um, excited or emotional about a thing. Usually most members of her family would forego that and go through a ritual to um, not have the red panda come out whenever they got angry or excited about something. But she, of course, as the young, enlightened 21st century um, you know, kid can can realize that these ways of the past are they're too limiting and I want to be my own person. And it's this very subversive thing and frankly I don't and that's why I said for for families I don't think I don't think it's actually a good idea especially if you're someone who has a very traditional home or has family traditions that are important to you they're given to you by your mom or your father I think those are important to pass on and because and, and I think one thing the, the movie fails to realize and I think a lot of people who are anti-traditional culture or um, you know inherited things from your greater family but they fail to realize is Things become traditions because they're usually good. If it's a bad tradition, it dies out because you're not going to do it. But if, if something is a tradition, that means people have been doing it for a long time and they're here and they live to tell the tale. And probably if it's tradition, they were better off for it. Is that kind of funny? By, by being a tradition, it probably is a good thing. Most people will not do something that's bad. And even if you don't understand it, you know, even if you don't get why we're doing this thing, in the long run, it's there because it's probably good. Doesn't that make sense? I don't know. Just to me, that makes so much sense that why would I carry on something if it didn't help me? Why would my parents push something on me if they didn't think it would help me? 
Why do my parents do a tradition that we just do this really weird thing and it's probably not going to help you and make your life worse, but you're going to have to do it. Isn't that like annoying? Like that, that wouldn't happen. It's, it's so ridiculous to say that. But then this movie comes in here and says, oh, well, the traditions of your, her parents, they're probably too oppressive. And she, as a 13-year-old girl, can totally interpret everything and knows exactly what she wants to be as a woman throughout the end of the movie. Give me a break. Please give me a break. It's absolutely, it's absolutely stunning. And I, I didn't appreciate that part of the movie at all. Because, of course, in the end, everything's happy. She keeps through power. Her parents are like, well, she's her own woman. She can do her own thing. No, she's in the eighth grade. She doesn't get to be her own thing. Her parents care about her. And they're not doing something antithetical to her health or well-being or happiness. They wouldn't do that. It doesn't make sense. It would pass on a tradition that's ridiculous. Why do we get together every year at Thanksgiving? Because it's good to talk to your relatives and to share a meal and to be thankful for things. That's actually good for your soul. It might be actually a little bit inconvenient to travel across the country and cook this big meal and to clean it up. I know I hate the dishes. But it's so worth it to see your family, and that's why it's a good tradition. And if it was a, it was a bad tradition, and if we got, if we, you know, every year we came together and did something stupid or a waste of time, we would simply not do it anymore. So in the same way, these traditions and these customs that her family is trying to impose upon her, they're probably a good thing it's, and probably designed for her health. But in her 13-year-old wisdom, she can, of course, uh, parse through that and realize that they're all stupid and dumb, and I'm way smarter than that. And me and my 13-year-old friends can go to a boy band. And that's part of the failure of this movie is the thing that she, she has to discard the traditions in order to achieve is like something silly, a boy band called Four Town. She discards her family traditions to go to this boy band concert at the uh, Toronto Arena, Indoor Arena. So it, it's this pointless thing that everybody knows is silly and a part of culture, but not something you know, extremely important, maybe to a 13 year old girl it is, but it's not in the grand scheme of things, something that's morally valuable or good or great or just anything like that. It's a boy band, something silly. So I don't, I I didn't, I didn't like that aspect of this movie. I I thought it was very subversive. And I think it's trying to tell kids, Hey, listen, you know, your parents, they probably are just old and crazy and stuck in their own ways. And then, you know, they don't know anything. You can just do what you want to do. You're 13. You're, you know, you're, you can change your hair and then you can go and, you know, Make make money like they do. They, she uses the panda ability, the ability to turn into a red panda to, become, you know, make this money. But then also the movie shows, I think, to its own against its own messaging that she by when she's doing these things and going against her parents' will, guess what she's getting? She's getting C's in her classroom. She's like tired all the time. She's not doing what her parents told her to do, which is like excel in school and do your best in class and take care of your family and your community and your grades before these social things, before these silly things like the boy band that's the new popular rage. I don't know. I mean, and, and there's something to be said about becoming who you are, and that's obviously important as a someone who's going through puberty and becoming a from a, the journey from a child to a adult. That's obviously important. You do need to you know, kind of figure out who you are, and you're probably not going to be exactly what your parents want you to be 100% of the time. Especially if they're your parents and most adults, I think, if they're giving you advice, it's because they want what's best for you and they care about you. No one has like a, a vendetta against third. I, I, most sane people, I actually should say no one, has them like a vendetta against thirteen-year-olds and would purposely give them terrible advice because they want to see them fail. I'm not going to come to some eighth grader and say, "Yeah, I get C's all the time," and you know, you know, mess around and you know, try to go see a a boy a boy band if it costs you your grades or your standing in class or your, you know, your, your respect to your parents. Do that. 
I think most people are not going to do that. I think most people, if talking to a 13 year old, are going to give them advice that I think helped them or maybe a mistake they made, some way they could correct it. So it's so frustrating to me to see this movie, and uh, I just be very careful if I'm showing it to my younger audiences. I think it, I think it gives a bad message, and not one that we need right now. We have plenty of movies telling you, okay, you can be your own thing, and you're powerful, and you're super smart, and that's great, and I, and I, I think probably healthy in some parts. People are, it's times are tough. I get it. People want to hear something positive. That's great, but also you have to be hooked on to reality. Also, that. Your parents' advice and your the traditions of your family, not even your parents, but their parents passed on down to you, those are great things. And if you have them, hold them. Hold on to them because there's you don't get those type of things very often, and they're usually probably to your benefit. So that's my thoughts on that theme of the movie. On to the next. Also implied in this movie I think is very interesting is it talks about, and very salient to our time, is it talks about the uh, immigrant community in the West generally. The movie takes place in Canada. So interestingly enough, they don't have any tyrannical um, dictator leaders, prime minister. You, you would, you'd, you'd be so surprised, but it's not actually present in the movie. Kind of a probably oversight by them, honestly, but whatever. That's beside the point. But it takes place in Canada, and it's very accurate to the demographics of Canada. Canada has is very more very accepting of immigrants, maybe perhaps more so than the United States, especially from uh, Asia and South Asia. There's, um, I think, uh, Chinese, Japanese, Indian um, immigrants all shown in the uh, movie, and there is most of her friend group is non-white, uh, just one member, and that's. Um, you know, not necessarily very important to the story, but just kind of, I think it's being accurate to what Canada, what Canada is like. There's a lot of, uh, mixed communities, uh, mixed demographic communities in, in the Canada. And I think it was trying to be accurate to that. And it was, especially given the, um, given the race of the main character, I thought it was very interesting to kind of see that portrayed, but also I think, and I, and I think this was why Canada was also important as a cultural, uh, point there is there are, there is a lot of, like I said, a lot of immigrant communities. And so, and also what you have, what you have, what you have happening is these communities that were born in, in maybe Asia in this example and came to America, they're now starting to have children who have grown up, you know, in the West or Canada or America. And so they now are fully embracing Western culture and probably kind of feeling like detached in a way from the culture where their ancestors came from. You know, the and that's part of the reason I think that they try to show her parents are saying, hey, you need to come to the temple and hey, you need to clean and give tours and do all these different things to be involved in your religion and your in your in your ethnic community. And it's very important to a lot of these uh, communities. But I think also this young generation that has been, you know, born in the United States, taking Western media their entire life, they don't probably feel the same attachment that their parents do to their um, to the land of their ancestors birth. And so it's very interesting to see that dynamic. And I think it's a commentary on, on that is uh, there's this shift in the West because there have been this much, uh, a lot of immigration in the law in a sh- relatively short period of time in the West and America and, and Canada that, um, that I think for a while there was maybe this, these groups would stay together just because out of cultural connectivity, shared language, shared religion, all those things. But then as they, for, as they go to the public school in the West, and this is, if you go back, this is part of the history of the public school is the importance of having a shared um, culture and customs and language and um, inheritance um, using the uh, the same books, um, so everybody you know can kind of have be on the same page when they enter into adulthood. That was at least the idea of the public school system. We can argue if it if it works. I don't know. I'm not probably probably not, but that's okay. Another time. But 
I think um, in a way she's she's rejecting her parents' guidance and their lessons and their traditions, but also in a way she's rejecting their culture and their and their cultural heritage and their cultural traditions and their religion in a way um, that I think is also kind of subversive, but something unique to this period in this time. I don't think, you know, people were, if, if you're in a period in time where everybody is, has the same language, having the same culture, you know, has the same values, essentially, then you probably can't disregard those. But in this, in this diverse nation that America is and the West is today, you kind of can't, you can kind of choose to, if you want to, you know, keep the red panda in air quotes, you can, you can take what you like from your own home culture and then you can assimilate that into the broader Western culture and maybe it's something you couldn't do in the past but um, in our cultural moment you can't and that's pretty that's pretty neat and it's pretty cool but I think the the like I said the movie's commenting on that and if if you you know if you are someone from maybe a minority community and you and you care about keeping your culture and your traditions I, I also wouldn't show this movie to a young kid. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it gives the right message. And you know, those, those things that the, the parents try to instill and, and they're not even really associated with the culture, but it's true of uh, immigrant communities. How do they, how do they get ahead? How do they, you know, make up for lost time per se with uh, in, in the economy of, of the community that they're immigrating to, to, you know, they get really good grades. They go to school, they work really hard. And she, is able to reject those things that her parents told her to do. She starts getting C's and D's as she's doing this whole red panda thing, her self-discovery thing. She's, she's rejecting those and she's rejecting the way that her parents were taught is how you get ahead in the West, how you are able to make those connections and be successful because, you know, their parents think, well, you know, this is what the West, this is what the West values. So I want my children to do this. And this is true of a lot of communities, especially South Asian, Indian and uh, uh, East Asian communities. What you do is, you know, you work really hard in school, you do great on your test scores, and that'll get you into a high caliber of college, hopefully, and then maybe into a high graduate school, can get a, a powerful position, and then help your community. That's how you kind of establish yourself in a new area, is you provide something that's valuable to the native to the, to the native or the, the population that you're immigrating into, and then you can use the wealth and prosperity and the um, value that you've created for that community and bring it back into yours and kind of grow your community from from by using by helping the um, the community you're immigrating into, and that's kind of the way it works. But now she completely rejects that. I don't need to get good grades. I don't need to follow this religion or do your corny stuff. I can take the parts I like. But other than that, I'm kind of gonna just do it like the um, like the other people do. I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be my own unit. I'm gonna completely give off, shed my my heritage and become something completely new that's partly still i mean you, you can't change you know who she is who her parents are but she can change how much she stays attached to those traditions of her past and i don't know to be and this is um you know I, I i just think that it's very important to you know we're i'm actually recording this on saint patrick's day and i've never met you know anybody who was born in ireland i think i have i do have some irish Irish heritage and you know I but I still celebrate St. Patrick's Day I don't know anybody who came over there on the on the boats to America but I still celebrate it because something that's unique to my culture something that's unique to me I think that's very cool and I think communities 
especially immigrating into the West, just need to be careful that, you know, I think assimilating into American culture is great and awesome. And I think everybody should. But if we're going to be this diverse, uh, diverse nation, this is what we've decided as a country we want to have these peoples from all over the world, then I, th- I don't think you should absolutely shed everything about your culture. And if you have a special tradition, you should find a way to use that tradition within the greater cultural context to do something good or do something great. I think that's fine. I, th- you, I mean, obviously, you should try to be successful and, and, you know, learn English, learn English and learn our cultural traditions. But if we're going to do this diverse population thing, then you, I, th- I think being diverse is actually interesting then. If we're going to do diversity, let's have diversity. Let's have some changes and not completely throw ourselves into the total, you know, what, 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 what the media or, you know, education tells us is the Western ethos. You should... You know, maybe keep some aspects of your culture, and that if, especially if it's something good and true and passed on that's helpful to you, then yes, keep that. It's important because it got you here to where you are. So if we're going to do this diversity thing, then we might as well actually be diverse and not shed completely the aspects of our culture that maybe we don't that uh, maybe we don't understand right away. Don't maybe, maybe don't throw those out. Maybe those might be worth keeping around, um, and that's maybe something to chew on this week so thank you again for joining me i really appreciate everything all the listeners have said and they've reached out and i really appreciate all of the the comments and please keep coming Uh, my name is cal mcnelly and this has been screening for meaning (laughs) 